The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with tonight's episode of Benched with Bubba, I want to talk to you about rotoballer.com, proud sponsor of the show. Do my written content over at rotoballer.com, and this podcast is a part of the Rotoballer Radio Network. So I want to let you know that uh, football season quickly approaching with you guys. Win big in 2021 with rotoballer.com's NFL Premium Pass. Are you ready to dominate your season long in DFS leagues? Rotoballer's NFL Premium Pass and Draft Kit include rankings, projections, and cheat sheets for all formats. Get exclusive draft articles, DFS tools, lineup optimizers, and premium Slack chats. Join in on the winning and take 50% off any premium pass. Use promo code Bubba, B-U-B-B-A, for another 10% discount. Just visit rotoballer.com backslash radio, sign up today, and start rotoballing like a boss. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bubba and the Bat Flip, episode 94, recapping your week in fantasy baseball fab, the week 23 fab period, as I was, I was so nicely told by my co-host. We have four weeks left. I was in the imagination that it was three, but we have four weeks left. You can find myself on Twitter at Pediatric, and my co-host is always on this wonderful endeavor on Twitter at Bat Flip Crazy. Toby, how are we doing, man? Uh, doing pretty well, Bubba. As you mentioned, there's only four fab periods left. So pre- before you know it, we'll be in like 2022 mode, um, which is kind of crazy to think about the year 2022. But yeah, we're getting to that point where it's just like a, a, a playing time slog. You know, you're trying to find guys that are playing every day or close to every day, a strong side of platoon guys. Anybody with a with a little bit of a pulse is um, is interesting on the waiver wire. I think we'll probably see that as we go through some of the mm-hmm. some of the characters who are starting to show up. Uh, on our fab list here but yeah the, the yeah. popular the popular ads these days are some two-star pitchers that you might not have ever heard of and some just random like util guys filling in for injuries because we're not gonna have the massive september call-ups because each team it only expands to like what 28 or something this year yeah. instead of 40 so 
that part's kind of nice. We're not really well. It's kind of nice in the fact that we're not going much for a bunch of crazy names and you know guys playing three games and four games a week type thing. At the same time, is there's a lot of one dollar bids we're not going to get in that regard that we you know want to find somewhere else. So that makes it interesting. I could see some more just like random IL stints coming up though where they just promote guys. That could easily be happening. Given not too many teams have locked in things like the Brewers are good. Um, you got like the Astros. You could say are probably pretty good. But you got like the West, it's a hardcore race. Um, the East is still a battle. Like you got most divisions, or at least wild cards, are still kind of going for the most part. Maybe in a couple weeks that'll change. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a wild, wild couple weeks. That's the best I can say. For sure. For sure. But uh, as we get going here, we'll talk about the week 23 fab period and we'll kick it off with the big name. And I'm looking forward to this discussion here because I grabbed Edward Cabrera in a lot of leagues, and I might be crazy for this regard, but for those regular listeners, I've talked about my biggest flaw in the leagues I'm doing very well in is starting pitching. And this prospect, Edward Cabrera, is one of the more elite pitchers that might be coming up for the rest of the season type thing, so I'm willing to give it a shot. And somehow with my limited fab budgets, I got him in almost every league I put a bid in for him when it came to NFPC. And we'll go over how much I got him for in certain leagues and really make each other laugh at things later. But um, I love this kid. Like, if if you don't know who he is by now, I'd be shocked because he's all over Twitter. Like, since he made his debut, he's supposed to be sticking up. Like, I tweeted out something on, I think it was Friday or Saturday, about like, hey, is he sticking or what? Because, you know, guys are coming back. Rodgers is supposed to come back pretty soon. Pablo Lopez, his rehab got shut down a little bit now, so that helps. But uh, some of the, the guys that follow the Marlins closely said, yeah, he's supposed to have a spot because um, Kim Ning said once they bring him up, he's pitching the rest of the season. That was kind of their philosophy. Mm-hmm. So that made me feel better. And it made me also feel better that Vlad, our buddy Vlad, was f- having the same thoughts because he jumped into the chat, like, concerned about the same thing because – with money so tight right now, we don't want to be blowing fab on a guy that's not going to pitch, basically. So this was a, a, an interesting discussion, but basics of it is great strikeout stuff in the minors, great pitch mix, the changeup's filthy, the, everything you want from this. I, I feel bad calling him a kid, but he's a kid to me. Everything this kid can do is amazing. It was weird his first outing, super efficient, very little strikeouts, but pitched great. Like he pitched. He didn't just throw, he pitched. So that, that kind of made me feel good knowing the strikeouts can come with this. So as you can tell, I love Edward Cabrera, what he brings to the table. We'll see if it's fool's gold. What's your talk? What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, he was on the he was at the top of most of my pitching lists, at least in 15 teamers. Um, I was excited about uh, relatively excited about him. Um, I think I agree. Like he's got he's got pedigree. Um, he's coming up. The projections seem to like him. Like if you look at Steamer, Steamer's got him for a 381. You know, ERA, one three two whip, more than a K per, per nine. Um, even the bat, you know, likes him as well. Maybe a, the whip might be a little bit uh, of an issue potentially, but for a minor leaguer coming into it, you know, within the range of outcomes is certainly a very strong pitcher down the stretch, pitches in a good home park, all those things that you kind of look for. When you look at his minor league record, you know, control hasn't been a huge issue for him. Strikeouts have been there at every level. So you know, he, he checks kind of every box that you want to on a rookie pitcher. So he was definitely at the top of my, my lists, um, for this past week, but I only got him in, I only got him in one place. And one thing that I will add though is, and this is going to be a big question. I haven't seen the answer to it yet is that he's pitching like in NFBC leagues, he's pitching not the, the new game, but they suspended a game, I think in the second inning and he's pitching in that game. And my understanding is that the only way you get credit for that is if he was in your beforehand, 
in your roster beforehand. So if he was in your for if for some reason he was in your league in the second week of the season, you know, then he his his score this year this week counts. But if not, then he isn't. That said, you know, it is possible. I think that he could have pitch a second Sunday. start this week. Yeah, yeah and pitch Sunday. In NPC, so. I'm assuming they're going with that philosophy because I'm like, and their their little grid's not always accurate when it tells you who's pitching, but they had them scheduled for a Sunday start, which would come in line with that kind of outlay, outlay or whatever mm. you want to call it. So that's what I'm going with. I'm hoping so. Otherwise, it's a big zero in my lineups. Like I debated benching him in spots, but it's like the upside that he <laughs> brings to my lineup compared to like the other options. It's like, okay, do I go Eric Lauer or Edward Cabrera? I'm going to roll the dice on Edward Cabrera going out there over Eric Lauer. We'll see how that goes. That kind of scenario. I mean, Eric Lauer against the Giants is not a start that I wanted either. No, no. Um, the one thing I'll say, I don't want to be that bringer of bear of bad news, but it sounds like Trevor Rogers is coming back to the rotation on Friday. Yeah, that's what I was saying, though. And that, that was a concern we had. But they, Pablo Lopez got shut down again. Rogers coming back. But they still, all the reports were once they brought Cabrera up, he's here to stay. So they're going to move other guys around is what they're supposed mm. to do. That's so, what Kim Ng, the, the, the one in charge of these moves, said this. So what the Rotowire has right now, Rotowire grid has right now, is uh, Cabrera and Trevor Williams. Or, I mean, Cabrera Cabrera for tomorrow. Zach Thompson for confirmed for Wednesday. Alcantara for Thursday. Trevor Rogers for Friday. Alicia Hernandez for Saturday. And Lazardo for Sunday. So I only share that just because if if other people are listening to this and they have a, still have a chance to make sure you check those those starting pitcher grids to see if there's any more recent updates. Yeah, and that would make sense. And what I could see happening is after that wave of starts that Zach Thompson kind of gets pushed out to the side. Totally. I could see him being the one that says, you know, you can go to the bullpen or maybe we'll have you piggyback with someone or doing something like that. Like, Cause he's been good, but he's been super inconsistent. Like if he's not striking guys out, it gets ugly. So him or Eliezer, I think they want to give Eliezer some run though. Cause we've seen the, the goods with mm-hmm. him. So I could see Zach Thompson being the one that kind of gets the short straw in that, unless they say we're going six man. Cause they're all young. That could be, um, that could be an option as well. We'll see. Oh, thank you, Nick. Wow. I appreciate wow, Nick, it. Nick Pollock is joining and says, you sound so great, Bubba. Which- he's, he's referring to my microphone because he's had me switch it around and do different things to it. So that that's 100% what that is. And thank you, Nick Pollock. Nick, Nick has also helped me with my microphone uh, before. I will say, though, I'm a little hurt. I'm a little hurt, Nick, that you, you know, gave Bubba a shout out for how he sounds great. I mean, that hurts my feelings a little bit. <laughs> you help me sound like I sound and you're saying I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So Edward Cabrera, we love him. We're hoping the Marlins do the right thing. Um, it could stink for the Tuesday scenario, which is a very strange one. And I could see arguments on both sides of the fence there. It's like, Hey, they're pitching today. You should get the stats today. I could see it being, you know, the stats go back to this. I get it all. Like it all makes sense. It is what it is. It would have been nice if this was kind of spelled out ahead of time like thing but like you said we're all kind of assuming but we don't know the right answer at this point in time and that's kind of a little on the frustration side of it but is what it is is what it is For sure. <laughs> Break, breaking news nick pollock has just told me that i can do better on the sound quality of, of my mic wow uh, i'm i might i might uh i might get my face into the mic is this better i might retire after this podcast if you don't see me again everybody tweet at pitcher list 
uh, just to let him know that you're really sad that I'm off air because I apparently sound really poorly. Bubba and the Batflip episode 94, the final episode. <laughs> All right, let's go to the second most popular pickup. Uh, Cabrera was picked up in 324 leagues. I'm assuming it's almost every league, if not every league, and as high as 277, which I believe was a TGFBI because I heard that on the Rotowire podcast. Not many leagues have that kind of money lying around anymore. So that was interesting. The next uh, most popular ad this week was a very, very intriguing one, and that was Adam Ottavino picked up in 198 leagues, as high as 158, as low as one, and it, it kind of made me chuckle a bit because I made a comment when Barnes blew like another save last week. I said, you know what you hear right now? That's the sound of Adam Barnes, uh, Barnes losing his job, Matt Barnes losing his job, and Adam Ottavino taking it, and everyone under the sun said, nope, nope, it's Whitlock. Oh, no, it's this guy. No, it's this guy. I'm like, I think Adovino's got the first crack, guys. Like I'm just gonna say, because he's had these chances before. These other guys are good; they're good. But I think Whitlock's more the kind of uh, fireman type role, where Adovino's got the experience. He's got saves in back-to-back games. He's been uh, pretty darn impressive. He hasn't given up a run in like seven seven appearances. He's had his ups and downs. I'm not gonna deny that. But really good stuff. Pretty good strikeout stuff. Um, I think he's gonna be the guy getting the chance for now. If you need saves, I don't hate it. Yeah, Ottavino is like a very clear kind of skills versus role type of dynamic because Ottavino is not has not been good. Like the ERA is good, and that's about it. I mean, when you look at the numbers, so he's got a 3.46 ERA, but a 1.4 WHIP. You know, he does have the strikeouts that you've kind of come to expect, but much lower than in previous seasons. He's got a 9.7. You know, strikeouts per nine, 24.6% K minus K, K percentage, only an 11.4% K minus walk. The swinging strike is kind of blah for a reliever. You know, he's not even getting chases on pitches outside the zone. What's really saved him, he's also walking 13.2% of batters this year. What's really saved him is he has yet to give up a home run this entire year in 52 innings. Now, he has a history throughout his career of suppressing home runs, 0.79 homers per nine so you know you don't anticipate that it's going to go up too much but he's walking a lot of guys he's just just not giving up home runs or hits uh at the right time um and so if you look at his even the shorter term because what i thought was oh well maybe he's been a lot better recently he's actually been worse recently like if you look at his last 15 games and this is not like me saying that you shouldn't get Ottavino because i think i added him in like 15 leagues last week but the z contact is right around league average the o swing is less than league average his k minus walk rate is 1.5 percent his k percentage is 16.7 percent his walk percentage is 15.2 percent his swing strike rate is at 9.4 percent so skills wise he's got absolutely nothing like Ottavino has absolutely nothing at all but that's not to say that something can't change between now and when he pitches in the future. And he seems to have the role in Boston, which is a good role to have because they're a good team, a decent enough team, and they're going to have opportunities, you know, to um, to get saves, I think, down the stretch. But it's not great, like skills wise. But at this point in the season, right, we're looking for guys that have solid, solid, solid role. And you just hope it all works out over the course of the final four weeks. Yeah, we've talked about like Tyler Clippers, uh, Pittsburgh's closers, the Royals bonanza, the Texas bonanza. I'll take my chances with Boston. 
That's all I know. Like, give me, give me out of Vino for now, and obviously, like, we'll see. But I doubt he costs a ton, just because Fab dollars are so low. I think he's worth a shot. He's he's done it before. He can fill the role. It's one thing I've believed in many times is you have to be a different type of animal to to close games. We've seen it time and time again. It's guys that leave the closers role and go like the early inning struggle. Guys that go from early innings to closers. It, it's just not everybody can do it. it. It's a weird dynamic, and he's done it before. So we'll see. Um, if you're looking, like you said, if you're looking for ratios or strikeouts, maybe that's not the guy. But um, I think you just want saves if you're picking up Adam Vino. That's all you care about right now. So I think he's he's going to help you in that regard, to say the least. I think it's a a decent move going forward as Boston is still trying to hang on for a chance in the postseason. So, Bubba, do you know how many teams I'm starting four to five closers on this week? <laughs> well, for someone that didn't have a lot of saves to begin with, I'd say oh. all of them. It's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Do you want to know how many teams I'm using closers on this week? Only like one of four. I'm using all stars. Yeah. I, I need wins and strikeouts. That's all mm, I need. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and I, I did the math. I'm like either in first or second in saves, and like literally the guys behind me are like six to ten saves behind me. So even if they somehow have a miraculous week, I lose one point where I could try to gain a couple points this way. It's that mm. kind of scenario right now. Where and then you know next week I could throw three. Clo- I, have, I have like three closers on the bench in each league. I'll throw them back in and play roulette every week type thing it's gonna be fun like this yeah. type of year is so weird going okay I'm, this might not be my best pitcher but it's what i need situation it's very fresh and then we go back to edward cabrera who might not even get many points this week so yeah good time yeah one thing it's highlighted for me is just how important aces are that have pitched high volume like yes i have a couple teams where it's like my starting pitching isn't that good but i have like cole and robbie ray yeah. And I'm just like, oh man, like I'm way up on strikeouts, even though I've been starting three, four closers for however many weeks in a row. And, you know, just because I have that anchor, like those guys who can get you that, like it, like Robbie raised 10 strikeouts today. Like that's tremendous. Oh, it's, it's just massive. Like mm-hmm. then your, your floor for strikeouts goes up so much when you're, when that's what you're really concerned about. So having those guys and, and being able to put them in your lineup every week is certainly a, See, a, a privilege. I thought I had that with guys like Gio and Castillo and it just hasn't panned out to be what I like. They're They have those moments, but it's like not that Cole and Ray can like Ray's like an eight plus K guy every single time out. It's, it's ridiculous yeah. what he's doing. And that's just nice to pencil in like on a two star week. You get like 20 strikeouts potentially. Like I, I'll have somebody try a four starters not give me twenty strikeouts. Like that's that's the world we live in right now. It's freaking crazy. So yeah, Rodon has turned into what we thought Giolito was going yeah. to be. You know, yeah, big like, time. And, and then Lance just, Lynn's not striking guys out anymore. It's freaking weird right now. It's really yeah. really strange. So he's trying to limp limp to the finish line and not lose too much ground is the way things are going right now. Totally, totally. It's hard to make up strikeouts right now for sure. It's very hard. Uh, the third most added player in this one, I know. I know I'm in the minority to some on this, but I am just not a Corey Kluber guy. I haven't been. I understand that he's made changes. He's done this. He's done that. I'm not a Corey Kluber guy. Got picked up in 194 leagues as high as 287. He went four innings, gave it five runs, a home run, two walks, six Ks in his start against Anaheim. He had the first two and a half innings were good. Third inning got rocky. Fourth inning got rocked. That was kind of what took place there. Rehab starts looked okay. I get it if you want to bring him back. He had a two-step this week, which is kind of appealing um, he was going to get piggybacked with Heaney. I think they're going to slow play him back into this. I was not even putting bids in on Corey Kluber. Were you in on Corey Kluber? Not really. Yeah, I think a lot of people in 15-teamers, like in mains and stuff, picked him up last week. I'm kind of with you. I'm not a huge Kluber guy. I'm just trying to look at what happened. 
I mean, I know he got blown up, so Heaney did piggyback him. He went four. Yeah, he has got five runs. Tony has took Heaney deep. <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, that's not surprising. Nope. Um, yeah, so I would say just based on results so far, I definitely wouldn't have been in on uh, Kluber this week. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, he's he was good earlier. I think the major question is just the volume. You know, like we knew that he was coming back. He probably wasn't going to go five today. I think he was capped at like 75 or 80 pitches, something like that. But uh, there's much worse shots in the dark to take at this point in time. You know, he hadn't been walking guys earlier this year, I don't think. Um, he had been striking guys out. You remember he had that no-hitter when everybody was throwing no-hitters. So, no, actually, his control has just has been just okay. He's, he but, had a couple of good starts. Overall, he was kind of like an average pitcher at best to me. Like, yeah. Maybe I'm just kind of in my mind, but that's he didn't seem overwhelming outside that no-hitter. I would go slightly above average. To above average, but yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a lot of question marks, but yeah, yeah. So I get it though. Like I said, he's two step. You were looking for things. He's on the Yankees who are just crushing everything. Like he's going to get a no decision. He's not going to get a loss. Like they were down five to two or whatever when he left the game, and now they tied it at five, and then Otani made it six to five. Like he's going to get a no decision. That's how good the Yankees are. So even if he pitches, you know, quality starts or even six innings, four runs, he might not be good for your ratios, but if you need wins, he's going to strike guys out. I like I, what I need. Maybe I should have gone for Corey Kluber. I don't know, but it's just in the back of my head. There's always that kind of stubborn fantasy player that's hard to get out of your head sometimes and be like, "Hey, forget like your your narrative on someone and go for what you need." I just have a narrative on Corey Kluber that I'm like, sadly, I don't wish injury on anybody. I'm scared he's going to get hurt again. Is what I think it's going to be because he's just he's getting old. He just can't keep doing this. So we'll see. He hasn't been able to stay healthy for sure. Yeah, so it's just like trying to put my money in, in play. It's kind of, I don't know. I'm very hesitant on stuff like that, so we'll see. All right, the next move, and it got announced midday Sunday. I know you were, we were talking before the show how you like keep keep track of the games on Sunday and all the news on Sunday for Fabs. And obviously, honestly, I went and I, I played in a golf tournament Sunday morning. I came home. Oh, nice. Was, How'd you do? Was, oh, we did okay. It wasn't one of my best days, but we did okay. Um, my wife was gone all week. She came home Saturday night, so – we went shop grocery shopping and went out to lunch and stuff. Kind of hung out after that. And I just got an alert on my phone and said Kyber Ruiz was getting called up by the Nationals. I'm like, oh, I got him in Dynasty Leagues. This guy's awesome. Went and looked like where I need catchers. I'm like, yeah, I, I can't drop JTR. Like, I have no one else to drop. This is kind of a sticky spot right now. This stinks. Ruiz has been raking in the minor leagues since he got traded from the Dodgers to the Nets. I think he homered in like three or four straight games. Um, I saw a stat today. In his six years in the minor leagues, I'll let you guess. What do you think his career strikeout rate was in the minor leagues? That's like seven percent or something like that. Yeah, I think it was like I want to say like nine and a half percent or something. Might have been seven and a half. But like they said, compared to the league average this year, is twenty three point five percent. That's how good this kid is. Like he's so good, and now he gets the call. I'm assuming they're going to play him pretty much every day. Hit sixth on uh, on Monday. If you could get him and you needed a catcher, I think he's a great add. I got Kirk in a few places for cheap. I like what Alejandro Kirk can do, but Ruiz is awesome too. So what's your thoughts on Kyber? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. You know, I, I'm in a league and we have um, Omar Narvaez and Yadi Molina, and we actually tried to drop Yadi Molina for yeah, Kyber Ruiz. If you look at the projections, I mean, it's only 48 plate appearances, but when you extrapolate those out to about 100 plate appearance maybe, you know, we have five weeks left. So assuming, you know, he plays three quarters of the games or two thirds of the games, um, you know, he's better than both of those guys. Um, if you extrapolate out the, the projection. And so that's how good he can be. 
And like you said, like this is his chance to kind of, you know, get a little bit of uh, playing time in the big league, see if he's prepared to be the full-time catcher next year uh, for them. And and you mentioned, you know, you mentioned the, the plate discipline, like he always has a higher walk rate, I think, than strikeout rate. He's got some pop. He's hits for batting average. I think he's projected at like 260 for a catcher, which is fairly unheard of. So, yeah, I, I think he was a really good steal. Um, unfortunately, you know, you know, this is just such a bummer, but my catching position is just filled with Salvador Perez. I was waiting for that. <laughs> and JTR and Yasmani Grandal. It was I was so... about to say, if this was a week ago, I probably would have made a move because Grandal is still on the IL. He just got activated. It's like, well, yeah. I get to fill that back in all these positions. I don't, I mean, I don't need you. That's the, that's the total bummer. You know, Grandal missed all that time. And then he had, you know, a over the week, his two, his two games, he pretty much made up for lost time. Yeah. There with three home runs and uh, ten RBI, so so that was that was great. That was tough going into Fab and being like, ah, well, I've only man. got Grandal and us guys that draft catchers early, like we're so dumb for that. Oh, I know. I don't want to hear any JTR comments and how he's been a disappointment <laughs> this year. All right, guys, I don't want to hear that. JTR has been a little bit of a disappointment. He does. He's just never. He's been like he's up never this got, year. got healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sad. But the good news is he's going to drop to like, I don't know, like ADP of like 100, 105 next year. So he'll be on all of Toby's teams. Yeah. All of them. Question is wow. going to be am I going to draft Sal Perez in the it's third round? It's going to be scary. Year, his his price tag is going to be so inflated. Like, it, and I, it's, we it's, both, we, it's going to drop. It's gonna. We, we've been Team Salvi like for the last two or three years. Like we've been all all board like Team Salvi, and this is gonna stink because now it's really gonna be like, do I pay this price tag? Yeah. Like early drafting is gonna be expensive. Like I do agree. I think he does drop closer to like Fourth February round. or something. Yeah. But oh, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Very interesting to say the least. And he is older. Like yeah. I love him. The hit tool's great. I think missing that whole season with the ACL. We just saw it with Posey wasn't an ACL, but he missed the whole season. A catcher not having to catch for a year does a lot of things to a body. Like a lot of things to a body. So we'll see what next season brings. Like a regression I mean, will come, but we'll see what to what level type thing. He plays every day. <laughs> Yes. Every day, they do not take him out of the lineup unless yeah. he's like maybe injured. But like, oh my god, he's like watching him this weekend against the Mariners. Like, yeah. I saw both of those grand slams. Just like this is this is. Well, and they're gonna have Bobby Witt and Prado and all these guys raking on the minors up pretty. Like mm-hmm. that lineup's gonna be actually pretty legit. It's gonna be scary watching him there. Like, it's gonna be very it's, interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun discussion when we talk catchers in, a, in about a month and a half or so, yeah. so uh, two months. So that'll be that'll be a fun fun conversation for sure. But yeah, Ruiz, he'll be a fun conversation in that to see like, hey, if he put mm-hmm. if his potential plays out in September, he's an interesting debate on where do you take him in drafts because the, the average, like you mentioned, is a legit. A legit conversation starter, and he's got probably 15 home run power. I'd imagine on a full season, that plays very well for a catcher. So oh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that one comes out. All right, Bailey Ober, 157 leagues as high as 49 dollars. This is one of those guys. Like I, we talked about him I think a couple weeks ago. I was all in when he first got called up. Not good. He's kind of figured it out in recent weeks. Getting a lot better. He's getting some strikeouts. 
Um, I believe he pitched on Monday, actually. And he did. Uh, he did, he did, got a did, win. He got five innings. Like he struck out five or six. Tigers, six innings, two earned runs, five hits. Multi start W. So he's getting better. Good two start week on tap. I could totally see why people grabbed him. I was not fortunate enough to uh, to roster him this week, but I totally get it. What about you? I mean, he's been fantastic. Um, I picked him up last week for his two start this week, and then he's got another good – I think he goes against KC next week. So, And then I got him in all of my OCs this weekend, um, which was fantastic because, yeah, he's got a great two-step. I mean, he's doing everything. He Talk about 2022, and like, there's going to be a lot of young pitchers that's going to be really interesting to see where they go. Like Ober in his last five – you know, his Z contact slightly above league average, so 88%, not great. But then he's got a way above league average O swing, 37.5%, 26.2% K rate, 3.9% walk rate. So a 23% K minus walk, which is elite. And then he's got a 12.2% swinging strike rate. Um, he's really doing it. He's doing it all. I mean, he's pitching incredibly well. And I would love to have him down the stretch here. You know, and the next year it's going to be really interesting to see where he falls, because yeah. um, I could see arguments for him going pretty high up there. I mean, um, it's obviously a small sample that we're dealing with, but he's looked really good. He's looked he's looked legit for sure. Yeah, he'll be one of those like if you do your your pocket aces early and go bats for a while, he might be a guy that slides in there real nicely after like pick one seventy or so. He maybe he goes higher. Maybe maybe I'm I'm thinking crazy, but he kind of feels like he could be in that little realm of the back back one hundred area and can be quite interesting to those rosters for you. And it'd match your hat you're wearing, so it fits perfectly. For sure, uh, not only my hat, but I got my Labon- the Bomba Squad. Oh yeah. snap! Yeah, this is from. Um... This is from when I, my, my, from I think the last baseball trip I went on, I uh, was in, was in uh, Minnesota, went to the Minnesota state fair, but also went there. This was the year that they had, they broke the AL record for home runs. So 2019, the Giants need a nickname as they're breaking all the home run records this year. They don't have a cool name like that, but yeah, the, the, the twins were on fire. Get that was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the next most popular ad for the week, Connor Joe picked up in 124 leagues as high as $61. I guess people are finally waking up to who Connor Joe is. I've had him for like two or three weeks on most of my rosters, basically since the last Coors series. But I just pulled up, he got called up July 20th, so a little over a month now. He's hitting 297, eight homers, 14 total extra base hits. To me, only striking out 20% of the time, that's fine with me. You know, 270 ISO, things check the boxes pretty well. He's leading off. All the time, he's hitting road and at home. It's not just a Coors thing, field thing. He, he had two more hits on Monday night in Texas, scored a couple of runs. Like, the dude checks the boxes. He just doesn't steal bases. Not going to steal bases. That's not what he does. But he's first base eligible, outfit eligible. He helps with that flexibility. I've had him forever. I think people grab him now because, A, he's playing well, and the back end of the week's Coors field plus the start of next week's Coors field. Obviously a way to do it. I was nervous with Ramel Tapia getting – activated on monday for sure I said, I said do not screw this up rockies because i looked at the whole game logs and tapia played left field connor joe's playing left field so it's like okay what are you gonna do well they sat hampson i'll take it i, I like hampson too i grabbed him in a few leagues just to see how it'd go i like hampson but i'd rather have connor joe playing so we'll see how this plays out the rest of the week because by the time you listen to this on tuesday it could be me throwing things out a window already but that's where we're at right now and they're also at an ale park. So yeah, the DH, uh, that's true. Let's wait till, let's CJ, wait till Thursday. CJ Crone yeah. is DHing. 
And talk about a guy that's be, crushing right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing is, it's going to be really hard, I think, to um, to take Joe out of the lineup. I mean, he's he's doing everything you want. And I think we talked about him last last time, so I won't belabor the point. But he's above league average in essentially everything. Yep. I mean, O-swing is better than league average. Contact rate's better than league average. Um, when you look at his stack cast data, 113 max exit below, well above league average, 10% barrel rate. You know, everything's being supported and he plays half of his games in cores and he's leading off for the Rockies. I mean, it's all good. Um, and so I think, how old is he? How old is our, our friend Connor Joe? Is he, he's kind of an older guy. Yeah, he's 29. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with, do with him for sure. But I think he is, um, I think he's excellent. And I have him on a number of teams. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Like, part of me says, you know, you guys are out of it. Just sit Blackman. Like, let the kids play. But they won't because it's the face of the Rockies and everything, so they won't. But it's like, just sit him because you can leave McMahon. You can put Hampson and Rodgers out there. Like, let the whole – let the kids play. But that's – that's I, I'm just dreaming of a perfect world, and that's not going to happen. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how Connor Joe does. But as long as he keeps playing, I'll be very, very happy. I, I think one guy that they'll, they'll probably sit is, is uh, Sam Hilliard. Uh, yeah, well, he's he was in the like, lineup today. With the DH, he was in there tonight for sure. Good. Yeah, he's got to go. Like, I still believe in the talent, but man, he's been a bummer this year. Like, yeah. he's he had about a two to three week span where he was crushing it again, and that disappeared quickly. It's just, yeah, uh, it's tough with him. It's tough. I could see him going somewhere else and being productive. I really can. Like, if he was on the Cubs right now playing every day, I would not be shocked if he goes like Rafael Ortega on this place. I, I really, I believe in the, the the skills. I know the skills might not translate right now. Looking at his stats. But uh, there is something there that I think it could check some boxes. So we'll see in the future. He's going to get a chance eventually somewhere. Either the Rockies will trade off some guys or they'll trade him. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right. Sticking in Colorado. Daniel Bard, really strong start to the season. It's kind of come to an end now. So Carlos Estevez has been kind of moved into the closers role for now. Picked up a save a couple nights ago against the Dodgers because they took two out of three in L.A. Thank you, Colorado. But um, he's pitched very well. He has not allowed a run since July 28th. That's like almost 13 outings wow. or so. I didn't know that. But yeah, I can count it. One, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11. He has not allowed a run in his last 13 appearances. And uh, he's been absolutely outstanding right now. He's getting you know, almost a caper outing for the most part. Ratios have been good over that stretch. And he's the closer right now as as it looks so I could see it similar to the Ottavino conversation, except if you look at Estevez's overall profile, like you mentioned, Ottavino's probably a little better than Ottavino's, but it's Coors Field and it's the Rockies. So that's the difference maker. So I have nothing, no, I have no Estevez. What about you? Oh, I got him absolutely everywhere. Yeah, I could see everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Like nobody wanted Estevez. Emilio. Emilio. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's that good. Like, let's see, his Z contact is better than league average. O swing is worse than league average. K rate, better than league average. Um, swing strike rate, slightly better than league average. Walk rate, better, worse than league average. So he's got like, over the last 15 games, he's got a 24, like a 15% K minus walk rate. So I think he's kind of like an average pitcher. And so the result is maybe a guy with a decent ERA in because he's in cores, but he has a bad whip. It's like, close to one, four, I think. And that's kind of what you have to take with the Rockies pitchers. Like the whip is just not going to be great because the Babbitt's going to be elevated as it is. Um, but, you know, he seems like a guy where they announced like pretty much that he's the guy um, for the time being. And that's enough for me. I mean, like 
if if he's gonna be mediocre and people are like um uh somebody put this out i can't remember who it was it might have been um seth klein put this out but it's like the rockies are winning 65 percent of their games at home mm-hmm. you know like a lot of save that's, chances that's, that's a lot of save chances yeah like you know when they have the, the four game series this this weekend you know they're probably going to win two or three of those you know and so um i love it uh we'll see it's probably going to hurt at some point in time like you saying he has 13 consecutive scoreless innings makes me nervous because i'm like regression <laughs> is coming, coming. <laughs> regression's coming and i'm going to eat it same with Ottavino. i have Ottavino and estevez on a few teams together so I hopefully that doesn't happen, but the risks you take. But I think he's a solid ad because he has he's going to get the saves, and it's not like Bard. I don't, I don't know how many Bard has, but I think it's close to twenty. I'd say those I are know, saves that are not twenty-two or something like that. Really? I mean, yeah. those are going to be saves solid. that Estevez gets. Yeah. So hopefully he gets you know five, six, seven, eight. You know, rest of season. We'll see what ends up happening. Yeah, it's, he's going to get chances. The Rockies aren't going to lose every game, and when they win, it probably will be close. So. You got that going for you. A little stick in Colorado for another one. It was a popular Rockies week here, folks. Kyle Freeland picked up in 110 leagues as high as $71. His last seven starts, he's been outstanding. Five innings or more in every start. Two earned runs or less in uh, six of those seven. And he has six Ks or more in five of those seven. He's been super effective. A 279 ERA, 297 fifth, 320 XFIP shows he's not being, you know, completely out of this world crazy. Um, 312 Babip's not bad. Like he's, they're still hitting him, which is surprising, but more than a strikeout per inning. He, he's been good. He's been better at home than on the road. I don't have any Kyle Freeland, but I understand it. It's just kind of scary with Colorado in play. But uh, what about you? Yeah, I didn't get him because he's gone in all the 15 teamers. <clears throat> um, yeah, he looks nasty. I mean, yeah, his damn, I'm good. looking I'm looking under the hood. I haven't looked because he's not really available in any 15 teamers. I haven't really thought about him in 12 teamers, teamers honestly. But he's got Texas this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Z contact at 86.4%. So slightly worse than the average. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 36% O swing. Excellent. 30% K rate. Excellent. You know, 11.5% swinging strike rate. Very low walk rate, 3.5%. You know, so God, he's got like a 26.5% K minus walk rate. Uh, that's absolutely filthy. Let's see where it's see where it's coming from here. Is it a velocity change? His velocity is down. Velocity, really? Because I know he's, he's throwing his fastball more, I thought, unless he changed that up too. But. Let's see. He's increasing his slider percentage. It's Ooh. up to 25%. Let's see. Maybe he's dipping the fastball, the forcing usage. He's dipping the sinker usage, so he must be throwing the changeup a lot more. No, the changeup he's throwing less. Is he throwing a pitch that I'm not aware of? Maybe the curve. Is this a new development? Nope. Maybe he's throwing a cutter. Man, this is no, like it's just, it's just fastball slider changeup. He's throwing a cutter, but it oh. looks like just the slider usage. Uh, so I don't know exactly what's happening with him. Increased slider usage, probably his best pitch. Um, I'm sure there's a breakdown on on Twitter somewhere about like why the slider is. Um, a more dominant pitch this year, 19.1% um, swinging strike rate and a 42% O swing for the whole season, which is the best that slider's ever been. So I wonder what I wonder what that's all about. Well, I'm looking at uh, his game by looking at his game by game pitch mix, and like in July, he started lowering his 
fastball usage, slider and curveball, they kind of fluctuate. Sometimes the slider, sometimes the curveball was used more. And um, he started using the sinker about average. And another sinker he got rid of, and the changeup he's kind of going away from. So it looks like just more of an off-speed mix to go with a little less fastball. It varies mm. from start to start. But for one thing for sure is the fastballs drop with the curve, the slider, and the changeup are kind of – intermixed kind of in the middle there as a, a little bit of an oh. increase at times. So maybe, I don't know. That's probably not the greatest definition of things, but that's the looking at the bar graph. That's what we're seeing. I see absolutely nothing special about his slider. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but like, oh, yeah. but like, you know, it doesn't have particularly good vertical movement lower than league average. It doesn't have particularly good horizontal movement. The mile per hour is it's 0.3 mile per hour difference from last year uh so i don't i'm struggling to see why it's a better pitch which may mean that a i'm just missing something or b that maybe this isn't just here to stay but well, i mean he's been excellent well it's fun to look at so his bad average against the slider this year is 306 his xba is 219 his slug against its 553 his x slugs 360 his woba is 379 his x woba is 275 so his X stats on, and he's got 21.6% whiff and 13.9% put away. I just looking at Statcast here briefly, and he's um he's using it 25% of the time, almost the same amount of time as the fastball, and the X stats are like outstanding for it. So maybe certain games where he really deals, he's getting the the proper outcomes with it. That's the only thing I can think of right now. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's a better pitch than it has been in the past, honestly. <laughs> And honestly, a lot of times, like this is one of the reasons why I wasn't in on Zach Plesak last year is I just couldn't explain why he was so good last year. You know, it's like, or this year, why I wasn't into Zach Plesak this year. Cause it was like his fat, the velocity wasn't up. It was actually down and nothing changed spin wise. It didn't have any special spin, didn't have anything. And so that might be the case with free Freeland where it's just kind of like, you know, the, the outcomes are just better on a pitch level right now. And then maybe there's some regression coming on. I don't know. It could, it could, flip, it could flip back to previous Freeland, and we would be like, oh, okay, yeah. that's right. There we go. But, yeah, right now he's, he's crushing. Like, I don't have him, I believe, in any season-long leagues, but I roster him in DFS all the time because he's super hmm. cheap, super cheap because the, the their algorithm still has not caught – like, they don't believe in him. So he's still super cheap every time. And uh, I know I will be rostering him against Texas this week. I can guarantee you that now. So – that will happen. All right. Next on the list, talk about a renaissance man. I wrote him up from in one of my weekly articles at Rotoballer. I tweeted out some stats about him. Ian Happ has like these Cubs, the trade deadline happened. Guys are getting regular playing time again. And I don't know. He got picked up in 110 leagues as high as $47. Um, basically, let's just go back to, to August 16th, like just about two weeks ago, give or take. Ian Happ is absolutely raking. He's hitting 385. Now, obviously, a 458 BABIP is not sustainable, but four home runs, stolen base. Like, he's he's resembling some things we wanted to see. He's also striking out 26% of the time, so regression's coming. I'm not clueless to that, but we could maybe get that 260 to 270 guy again with the power we're looking for. So it's interesting. And at this point in the season, I'm all about riding the hot hand and dumping them when we have to. So Ian Happ was a very intriguing option this week. I did not win him anywhere, but I could see the appeal of grabbing him where you could. 
I hate Ian Happ. <laughs> Seriously, dude. You stick with a guy. You stick with a guy all season long, and then you drop him. And how does how do they repay you? Not like not all season long, but a guy who's hitting 170 goes four for four in his first game with a home run, hits two, three more home runs that week, steals his first base yep. or second base? First Let's just base, go with first. It's because it's not many. The season, the, the week after you drop him in one of your most important leagues, in your most important league, like this guy sucks. Like, check this out. His Z contact sucks. His O, his regular contact sucks. He hits league average ground balls. His hard hit rate sucks. His O swing, not good. Everything about him sucks, except for his BABIP and his home run per fly ball rate last week. Let's move on to somebody else. All right, the next most. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's fine. I'm just kidding. I mean, Hap, like. Regression's coming. What can you do? Right or while you I mean, regression was like. The first five months of the season. <laughs> Regression was the first five months of the season. This guy does whatever. Whatever. Well, um, there's like honestly, this is a fun list of ads this week. I could uh, talk about a lot of these guys, but I know we got to talk about the guys we added and mm-hmm. um, some listener questions here. But like Glenn Otto is very intriguing. We could talk about him. For sure. Um, For sure. Big time strikeout guy, five shutout innings, seven Ks in his debut. 134 Ks and 95 innings in the minors at a 3-2 ERA between double-A AA and triple-A. Came over from the Yankees in one of the trades there. Really, really good stuff. He's going to get some run going this season. We saw, we'll see Fab next week. We'll talk about the kid that threw on Monday, Alexi. He looked really good. He has not quite this auto profile, but very similar when I dug into him uh, earlier. So we'll talk about him next week for sure. But Glenn Otto was interesting. Mm-hmm. Nick Solak has rejuvenated himself since getting called back up from the minors. Uh, home run today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like he is literally go look at his stat line if you guys get bored that he's looking like the guy everyone wanted that's why i tweeted out when he hit the home run I'm like nick solak is doing just enough to suck everybody back in for 2022 yeah, for sure. it is going to happen because for he's sure. crushing it but like uh brandon marsh he's turned it around not a ton of power just yet but the on-base skills and everything's great ronaldo lopez is looking good we'll see how long he starts for lots of different guys you could talk about so are anybody else standing out to you or do you want to move on to uh, our additions of the week um so yeah Otto, like he's a guy he's definitely like a scouts versus skills guy maybe i don't know but like he was very good throughout double a he was dominant in double a this year good in triple a doesn't really walk guys decent k's you know and so it's just a question of like nobody really believes that he'll pitch well in the majors but a lot of times these guys you know they just they can perform like shane bieber like shane bieber was definitely a prospect but he wasn't like an upper echelon prospect when he came back. So we'll see how Otto does. The thing that I liked is he has a, he had a pretty good schedule, I think coming up. So I was interested. He was right behind uh, Cabrera for me um, on the list of guys. Um, you know, I'm actually in this weird position where because of, of struggling with closers, I actually am not really looking for starting pitchers. There's just one league that I'm looking for starting pitchers in um, really. And outside of that, it's just a lot of closers that I'm, that I'm going after. So I didn't ha- I didn't get him anywhere, but I definitely can see the appeal. And some really smart people were were really interested in him. Marsh, you should have picked up Marsh last week when they had the yeah. Orioles for three games. Um, you know that can make a huge difference. Like this Yankees series, I don't know what he's done today, but you know the Yankees are on fire and they've got some really good pitching. Jordan Montgomery's gotten a lot better. 
Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole people. Um, you know, they're just, they're just getting a lot of really good performances. So it's just not a great series for them, but I, Marsh is a, definitely an interesting guy. One of those guys who like, you know, could be the starting outfielder for the angels next year and be a really good guy to get in like around pick 300 or something. And like it that. looks like trout's not coming back this year. So he's mm-hmm. going to get some run. So that, that him and Adele should see playing time the rest of the way. Yeah. I actually haven't dug into Raylo just cause I don't know if he's going to be in the rotation or not. That's I think why I, at least uh, gets one more start. I'm with you. Like it feels um, like once we're done, everybody's back. It's tough. Yeah, like he Keichel's really bad, but um, yeah, not yeah. as bad as uh, as Kyle Hendricks though. Not as bad as <laughs> Kyle Hendricks. Um, uh, yeah, any of these guys? I mean, Grindall, Nicky Lopez, glorious. You want batting average? Just keep oh, playing Nicky Lopez. My goodness, Andrew Kittredge. This is just going to become like me being angry, but like <laughs> Scott Barlow. Hey Scott, I had you on my team for like a month and a half, and you got like one save opportunity, and all of a sudden the committee's gone, Bubba. No more committee. We're just giving Scott Barlow full reign every save now for the Royals. God, what the heck? Oh man, finally going to the players you added this week before you go on full tilt. Who are who are your main additions of the week? God. It's just too much for me. <laughs> All right. Slow additions. This, there's going to be some interesting. There's going to, I'm going to warn you guys ahead of time. This is not safe for work. Okay. Some of the drops that I'm going to talk to you guys about. Yeah, it's that time of the year. Are a little dicey, not dicey, but just controversial. All right. Added Rich Hill, dropped Drew Ellis. Added Kevin Smith. Dropped Yusei Kikuchi. Hmm. Yusei Kikuchi's velo's down. Skills are god-awful. He's got Houston, Houston, Boston. Or maybe he might have Houston at Arizona next week, but, man, I'm not starting that against Houston after what they did to him last time. So just kind of moving along there. I just If the velo doesn't come back, which I can't predict it's going to, it's just not, it's not pretty. Um, and then Kevin Smith is playing every single day at third base for the Blue Jays, hitting eighth. Um, uh, Dylan White, really great follow, um, who's also, I think, in second overall in the TGFBI and also in second place in, in our um, Dynasty League, I, th- I want to say right now, either first or second. He's beating me. That's all I really care about, you know, beating me at everything. Um, he, um, he put out something just about how Kevin Smith's numbers – overall are very similar to what Bobby Witt Jr. has done in AAA and AA. And the thing is, I mean, obviously Witt is five years younger than than um, Smith. So he's a much bigger prospect, much bigger talent. But he has that power-speed combo, um, the potential to really hit. He hit a home run on Sunday. Um, he hasn't been doing that well, but he's got like, I think, four barrels already. Uh, very low BABIP, so I'm just hoping that he breaks out. He plays against the Orioles this week for three. He didn't do any – scored a run today, but didn't really do much there. Added Carlos Estevez, dropped Brad Keller. That one was kind of brutal because we had picked up Keller the previous week because he was supposed to have a really nice two-start this week, followed by a really nice start next week, and now we don't get anything. We just get, we just get garbage, folks, um, for him. 
and then Sergio Romo, we added, we dropped Colin McHugh. I've loved Colin McHugh this year as like a middle reliever type, but the way the Rays are using him is super problematic. They're only throwing him once every four to five days. So this week he threw on Sunday, so which means he's probably going to throw once this entire week. He's only going one inning. The Ks have dropped off precipitously since he came back um, from, uh, from, the, from the IL. So just moved on from him. And then this was before Andrew Chafin got the save. But it looks like Romo, I would assume that Romo and Chafin are probably going to share the saves depending on who's, which part of the lineup is coming up, righty versus lefty. So picked up uh, Romo there. Man, this this gets interesting here. Uh, Adam, Adam Adovino dropped uh, Cody Hoyer. Uh, added Col Carlos Estevez dropped Colin McHugh. Added Edward Olivares dropped... Ooh. Kyle Hendricks. Oh get my. Get off of my team. Oh my, get you trimmed the fat. Off, get off of my team. Wow. Kyle Hendricks. This is just me. This is my venting show. This That's is what good. we can call I like, it. I like this. I like this. Tony. You want to know something, out. Kyle get Hendricks? Out. Let's have a conversation. You have a 443 ERA. You have a 134 whip. You, you're striking out fewer guys than you have in any other season in your career outside of your rookie season of 2014, your strikeout rate is down at 17.4%. It's actually way worse than that recently. It's in, it's 16% recently, Kyle Hendricks, 16%. How am I supposed to throw a guy out there that has a 16% strikeout rate? And you want to know something else? You're also walking a ton of guys, dude. You're putting guys on, you're hitting batters. You're walking guys. All the things you used to do, you can't do anymore. So I'm sorry, Kyle Hendricks. You're off the team. All right. That's it for that team. It's also a situation. I just went off, but that's also it's also a situation where um, where I don't really need I, I do I, what I, I don't really need. I'm leading in wins. I'm up by 70 in K's in this league, and it's a standalone league. So it's like I'm I don't really need him. I don't really need starters. I got my elite guys like Robbie Ray who come through for me every week. Um, I don't have to mess around with that garbage. But really, like, the challenge with Kyle Hendricks is this. It's like, if you're not going to give me ratios, if I can't count on you for ratios, you're not giving me case, like, what are you? Yeah. What are you giving me, Kyle? What are you how, giving me? How many leagues did you have him in? Because I know you're very high on Kyle Hendricks. Just two. Just two. Okay. Just two. But they're really important leagues. They're really yeah, important they're leagues, all, Kyle. They're all important, so yes. They are. Thankfully, I have Robbie Ray and Carlos Rodon in one of them <laughs> to make up for you. And I also missed your red start where you gave up zero earned <laughs> runs. All right. I got DJ Peters. I dropped Asdrubal Cabrera. I got I like Hunter DJ. Dozier. Dropped Pedro Severino. You want to know why, Bubba? Because Yasmani Grandal came back. That's yep. Who, need, who needs Pedro Severino when you get elite catchers? Dude, why? who needs anybody else other than Yasmani <laughs> Grandal? I'm not starting anybody else in any of my lineups except for Yasmani Grandal. Uh, I added Darren Ruff. Uh, dropped uh, G-Man Choi. Darren Ruff has been hitting really well for the Giants. Mm -hmm. They've got two lefties in Lauer and... Anderson in the middle of the week, and then he's probably going to get two pitch hitting opportunities. Um, so I liked him. I liked him. You know, we're 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 at the bottom of the barrel at this point, folks. 
Um, I added Kevin Smith. You're going to see a lot of him. Dropped Adam Frazier. I mean, the thing that I understand about teams, it's like, hey, Padres, did you look at Adam Frazier and you're like, oh, man, this guy's do heavy regression and then just think that it wasn't going to happen when he was on your team? <laughs> Something to think about for next year, AJ Preller. Uh, Carlos Estevez dropped Colin McHugh. Uh, next team added Miguel Cabrera dropped Mitch White added Kevin Smith dropped Paul DeYoung who doesn't even play anymore doesn't even no do you know who plays you know who takes his spot Edmund Edmund Sosa Sosa. yes we'll get to him on my ads oh man uh so you're seeing a lot of Kevin Smith um uh added (laughs) I love my leagues where I'm so down in fab because it's always like Four bids right next to each other that are all like $1. So for $1, I got Jose Trevino. I dropped Yohel Pozo. I got Kevin Smith. I dropped Rugnet Odor because Urshela's back. I got Carlos Estevez. Dropped his Jubal Cabrera. Added Darren Ruff. Dropped Christian Walker. Just not playing enough for me. And he's not like hitting for any power whatsoever. So what what good are you to me? Um, uh, On my other one, added Edward Cabrera. Dropped Mitch White. Uh, added Kevin Smith, dropped Paul DeYoung, added Garrett Whitlock, dropped Elias Diaz, added Darren Ruff, dropped Jose Iglesias. And then my TGFBI, added Sam Hilliard for two, dropped Jonah Heim, added Derek Hill, home run today, dropped Aristides Aquino, added Carlos Estevez, dropped Spencer Patton. And then in my 12-teamers, it was added Bailey Ober, dropped Adam Frazier, added Carlos Carrasco. One thing about Carlos Carrasco, let's talk about Carlos Carrasco for a second, guys. He's going to be a really good guy to draft next year, I think. Yep. So if we take a look at Carlos Carrasco so far this year, the outcomes have obviously been awful. Uh, That's because he has a 2.31 home run per nine. Uh, Dude, dude, 299 Babbitt, 55.6 strand rate. He's got a 19% K-minus walk rate. He's got a 13.1% swinging strike rate. Everything's well above league average. And, you know, everybody thinks he sucks. He's going to be really good. He's probably going to be good down the stretch. He's getting healthy and looking much better right now. He's looking healthier, looking much better. So I'm with you there. For sure. Added Alex Colomay, dropped you Hill Pozo. You want to know why? Because Colomay gets saved. Because Yasmani Grandal came back, so I don't oh, need Pozo my in my lineup. I forgot anymore. the narrative. Yes, Yasmani Grandal yeah. came back. And then added Bradley Zimmer, dropped Reese Hoskins. That one stung a lot this week. Oh, yeah. yeah that was that rough. Big Reese Hoskins guy over here. For sure. Added, added Adam Ottavino, dropped Reese Hoskins. Added Devin Williams, dropped Spencer Patton. That one was just like, I think I got bottom of the barrel of my of my uh, my my bids. Added Bailey Ober, dropped the lead Miss Diaz, added Hunter Dozier, dropped Jeff McNeil, another player who's not playing at all. Like just totally gone. And then lastly, 12-teamer added Adam Ottavino, say that three times fast, dropped Devin Williams, added Nick Solak, dropped Didi Gregorius, who went on the paternity leave, I believe. Yep. Um, list so was probably going to miss the first part at least of this week I think the first three games would be my guess or two games at least um, so those were my ads and drops for this week a couple controversial ones there but as always like context dependent for sure yeah all right DGFBI I added Edward Cabrera dropped Craig Kimbrell I've been dropping him everywhere in the last couple of weeks because dropping like it's hot because he's yep 
but I got I got Cabrera for twenty four dollars with a runner up bid of one dollar. So that was very disappointing to oh. say the least. Um, let's just say I uh, TGFBI bids, man. Yeah, I'm not going to go over the whole list, but just looking at a lot of the backups on almost the entire board, it's kind of depressing knowing what's going on in that league. Um, the other moves I got: Ian Happ dropped Reese Hoskins. Got um, I grabbed Christian Walker. Dropped Brian De La Cruz. I like Brian De La Cruz. Don't get me wrong; great average source. Powers iffy. Bats like seventh or eighth, so that's kind of a disappointment. But I think the skill, skills are very good. If you need batting average in like a 15 team or deeper, I don't mind Brian De La Cruz. Not what I needed here because I have tons of outfielders. And then I got Glenn Otto, dropped Jonathan Loisiga, who you guys know I'm very high on. I got Otto for three bucks, runner up bid, three dollars. So that one felt good. That one felt good. Um, going into an, uh, to my OC qualifier, um, I got Edward Cabrera for eleven dollars, no runner up bid. Dropped Jaron Duran, um, so that one surprised me quite a bit with no runner up bid. In my one of my satellites, I got Edward Cabrera, dropped Adrian Hauser, got Cabrera for 31. At least I had a runner up of 12 in that one. Uh, I grabbed Glenn Otto, dropped Tyler McGill, who I talked about last week on an episode that I was just waiting a little longer. And it's looking like it's falling apart. Lefties are getting to him very, very well right now. So I got Glenn Otto. I'll roll the dice there. I grabbed Edmundo Sosa, dropped Reese Hoskins. And then um, I needed some first base help because Reese Hoskins is gone. And I put some bids out, didn't get much, but I got Bobby Bradley for a buck. So I'll take that mm-hmm. runner-up bid was $1 as well. Um, I like the power out, up, output he can play. Hits in the middle of the Cleveland order. Going to play pretty much every day. So I'll take my chances with Bobby Bradley. And then last but not least, um, in my other um, satellite, I grabbed uh, Luis Patino, who I have in other leagues. It's a 12-teamer, though. Dropped Tyler McGill. Yep, it's very well. And then I did grab Garrett Hampson for like 2 bucks just to have him there, just in case. Got Colorado in Colorado coming up. I want to see how the early week plays out. We'll worry about Hampson later because he's that guy. Like I told myself, I put bids out there, small bids. Don't need him, but I'll keep him because we've seen what he can do in a month of time. We saw it last year. If he does start to play every day, the steals, the homers, what he can do in a lineup is fantasy game-changing. And he's been doing that in the recent couple weeks. If you break down his overall stats, he's actually playing very, very well right now. And he's getting some regular playing time because Tappy was out. So now I'll have to see how this plays out. I was willing to take him for a couple bucks now to see if he can get that playing time later. Because if he goes and has another big week or so, he's going to go, well, probably not a ton because no one's got money, but you know what I'm saying. He's going to be very, very popular, basically. So I'll uh, I'll put my chances in on him now, and if I have to drop him, so be it. But, uh, yeah, that was me in a nutshell. Not super busy because that's the world I live in right now, but just kind of got the Edward Cabrera in three out of four, um, and the runner-up is just maybe depressed because – I was blown away that people weren't aggressively in on him, but those are the leagues we're in right now. And then um, grab some other pitch. I like Edmundo Sosa. I got him in one. You hinted at it. Paul DeYoung's not playing. I know Sosa's hitting over his skills right now. That that's, that can be like regressions coming, but the talent's pretty legit, and I think they want to give him a, a good run right now. So I, I don't think it's a bad move. And that Cardinals offense is starting to click a little bit. Goldie's just on fire. So if these guys can hit around him and give him some base, I think he could be a nice little young player. So if you need middle infield help, I think you could do worse. Let's put it that way. I think he's worth a stash for really cheap in most leagues, really, really cheap in most leagues. So something to think about there. All right. Listener questions on our special Monday edition. we got a few here. Let me scroll. We start with our buddy Dave Petro's yellow. I have two of my three OC teams in contention for money. On both, I have more fab than most, if not all the contenders. On what I got Ortega, Ian Happ, and Barlow, and dropped Dom Smith, Varsho, he has JTR and Haas, and McCutcheon. He needed Barlow, 
there since Trevino seems cooked on the other. I got Cesar Hernandez, Ronaldo Lopez, and Scott Barlow. Blah, blah, blah. Um, hated dropping Winker. Continue short on funds. I think I don't know what he's asking. I don't but know if last, there's a question there. Oh, okay. But for the last month, I think that every week, and I pick up slumpers like Harrison Bader. I was actually interested in Hap for a bit, and I feel I may have missed him, but had to try. I don't know what the question is. I think it might just be a comment. Okay. That answers that one. Thank you. All right. Next question we have here. There's a thing called fantasy football. Anyways, what do you do with former everyday players such as Jeff McNeil and Tommy Pham? Are they still rosterable in 12-team leagues? Thanks. Um, you know what's a really handy-dandy resource is roster resource. If you go to their um, – if you go to rosters, you can actually see when guys have played, like over the last six games at least. And I use this a lot. So, like, for Pham this week, I was like, oh, am I going to play Pham? But I think he had um, – uh, he played two of the last three, including against a righty. So, um, and I, I don't know, I guess maybe he's, this is all just to say, I mean, in a 12 teamer, I think you move on from those guys. Yeah. That's fam. the short answer to the question. Yeah, like McNeil, I dropped him in, I would drop him in 15 team leagues too. He's not playing. Yep. He's not giving you power. Like they're, I'm just not sure what he gives you right now. And like, yes, he could get hot, but. He's got to play to get hot, and I just don't. No one knows what the Nets are doing at all. Yeah, McNeil's a clear drop for me, but like Fam, I could see some arguments. But at the same time, there's a lot more younger outs. Like I'd almost rather take a chance on an Ian Hap over a Fam right now and see what you can get hot for a little bit, or uh, maybe a Jesus Sanchez if you're in a deep, deep league because he's hitting cleanup and, and playing for the Marlins. I'm not saying these are great transitions from Ian Hap. I mean, from Fam because you probably want steals involved there, but that's mm-hmm. not always the easiest thing to find. You might get consistent playing time though in a spot in the order that can produce some fantasy value, unlike what uh, Tommy Pham's doing right now. So You wonder what I think messed me up about Pham? What? They didn't have a game on Sunday. So I think when I was looking at my squads for next week, I saw that he was in the lineup Saturday, and he's been playing every other day. So I think I thought he wasn't going to play Sunday, and then he was going to play Monday and Wednesday. So I messed up. He's only going to play once this half week, and I have him in one of my lineups. Gotcha. These well, are the we'll things see. that – not you maybe he gets a pinch hit home run for you you never know maybe you never know um drew at through underscore dorte asks when evaluating your 2021 draft and approach for 2022 how do you look at something where you had a good process but bad results i.e you attacked closers early but ended up with rosenthal and then dropped melanson early do you look to change tweak your process or say i had a good thought process but just made bad decisions and should stick with that process since it could work with better player picks yeah, I think we've talked about this before. I think that the big, yeah. really big challenge is like a lot of times we make these huge changes in our approach because of things that happen on our individual teams. You know, it's like you have one team and this happened this year. Like you mentioned, like Rosenthal got hurt. Uh, Mel Anson ended up doing well. And so the thing is not every early closure you draft is going to be good. We've seen that very clearly. You just got to put your best foot forward on that. And you got to think like, you know, like, yeah, like, did we know that Rosenthal was going to get injured? I mean, maybe there's a process thing there because he didn't really throw during spring training much, you know, and so maybe there was a little bit of a warning sign there. But like, there was a lot of guys, a lot of people who were drafting him kind of earlier in drafts as well. And he seemed to be in a really good situation. So I just think it's really hard. And I would just caution people from making too many dramatic changes based on what has happened on their specific teams. 
I think there's a difference between that and macro level strategy stuff like I've talked about with closers, where the landscape on closers pretty much in a single season has changed dramatically, or at least dramatically enough where, you know, getting saves has been incredibly challenging. And so, and then that just becomes a situation where, you know, like every year I feel this way. Every year I get to the end of the year, I look at my rosters and I'm like, this is nobody that I drafted, <laughs> you know, but I'm still doing pretty well. You know, like you look, go back and you look at your draft boards and you're like, these were awful. But in that moment of drafting, every pick feels so urgent. It feels like such a need, like you can't miss this guy. Or if I go closers early, then I fall behind here and I can't make up the ground. And every year I find myself in virtually the same position, which is, I wish I had more depth in my pitching. You know, the closers, this has been the first year it's really an issue, but the hitters can kind of work themselves out. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know if it's pocket aces, you know, whatever, that's just one way to approach it. But like, I want more pitching early and it could be really good relievers. It could be starters, but I think that's the way to go. And I've mentioned it before. I think, I don't know if it's been on this pod, but on others, but like Dalton Del Don took a very extreme strategy this year. Very extreme. Like I was in a league with him. I was in, two, I'm in two leagues with him. He's beating me in both leagues. I think I want to beating I everybody. So. Yeah. And he took like four or five pitchers to start. No offense before that. And he's doing pretty good because the the thing is, if you can get 65 to 70 points in pitching, which isn't guaranteed by any stretch of the imagine doing that, but you certainly give yourself a better chance of doing that. You don't need that much hitting to be competitive, you know? And so you can can find hitting on the wire more and you can find pitching more often than you can. And like, the thing is we're really looking for guys like the real skill differential is in those early round guys, everybody else. It's like lineup position and plate appearances and all this stuff that you can kind of manipulate if you will. And so those are the, those are the things I think that like, you know, look at those broader macro strategy pieces and focus less on like where maybe one individual went wrong. When my entire catalog of teams is struggling with closers, then I know I made some mistakes mm-hmm. by either not diversifying, by not getting closures early enough, by getting a little too cute with it. I made mistakes and that's something that I need to change. But but on those individual team things, it's like, ask yourself, did I mess up with the player? Like, let's say the player, actually, you know who said, John Fish said something, I'll stop talking after this, but he was like, take Take the guy, so like if you had a a starting pitcher in the first round and he was injured, take the guy that did pitch the full season, that that went after him, and plug him into your team and see how your team would have done. And that'll help tell you whether it was a roster construction issue or whether it was was like a player issue, you know? Um, Or like a, yeah, like roster construction or a strategy issue or not. So anyways, that's, I'll stop there. Yeah, I wouldn't like panic too much about the process, especially for a guy like yourself who has had a lot of uh, success doing what you do, and you've used not the same philosophy every year, but very similar philosophies in your in your uh, at least your drafting strategy with your pitchers and everything. And this year, just with the injuries off the shortened season, so many weird things took place. I think it's gonna be. It feels like next year should be kind of more of a quote unquote normal season. But we'll see. Um, I know uh, Derek Rhodes, the great injury guru over there on Twitter, 
Um, he put out a graph the other day that early season, the injuries were spiking up like crazy, but like the last like month or so, they've really dropped off and kind of plateaued. So it seems like the guys that maybe weren't in shape or all these things because of a shortened season, they got hurt early and now things are kind of doing their thing. And so that makes you kind of feel maybe full season. We get a regular off season, hopefully a regular next season. Things might get back to a normal pattern where you still have, you still have your injuries. You still have your fluky things that are going to screw everybody over, but not like the red suitcase bonanza. We get all over the place, which is just so unsustainable. It doesn't matter how good your draft strategy is or not. Some things just are a disaster. And I love your comment about um, like your team now compared to the team you drafted. I literally laughed setting my tout wars lineup today. And the guys I have in that lineup, if I read those off to people, they're like, you are in tout wars with that? I said, yeah, 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 I am. Yes, I am. And I didn't draft like any, like I dropped maybe 25% of them. Yeah, that's that's me. So um, it's it's a grind this year more than ever. And it's, I wouldn't say that it's too much of your philosophy on your roster construction as much of how could you adjust in season is going to show you what you, what you got basically. Because... I don't. I couldn't tell you. I, I obviously the people that did very well. A lot of them probably had very good luck when it came to injuries. Like I look at some of my really really good teams I have, and I yeah I've been fortunate. Like I do have a few injuries here and there, but overall I've been very fortunate with with what's taken place. But you still have to make the adjustments. I know there's a lot of very good players that are doing just fine dealing with injuries. So it's um it's a very interesting season. The the, the Dalton thing is something to keep an eye on. Was it a one-year thing? Was it is it fully sustainable thing? It's interesting because it makes sense. You can find hitting on the wire usually, like I said, more often than pitching. If you go and grab five or six pitchers and three or four of them pan out, you're so far ahead of the game. It's like it's your pocket aces on steroids because the whole idea of your pocket aces is getting two, and even if one gets hurt or something, you still have one ace. Like you're still ahead of the curve. If you have two, you're freaking golden. So it's it's a, it's an interesting way to go about it. And Dalton's very very smart. Very, very smart. So uh, he, he's obviously crunched numbers trying to figure out the best approach to this. Um, so it'll, it'll be fun. The offseason is going to be very fun to kind of see. We already talked about certain guys like Bailey Ober. Where do we draft him with pitching being the way it is? Do we push him up? Do we do this or that? There's going to be so many fun conversations because 20, uh, 2020 was weird. 2021 was weird as well for different reasons. So how do we kind of use both of them together to go to 2022? Because I think you kind of have to use both in, in a weird way to kind of evaluate the whole process. And that'll be fun to kind of see where all the boxes check off and and where it goes. So I wouldn't um, beat yourselves up, anybody, if you're having a rough year because everybody has rough years. I don't care who you are. So it's just the way it goes. Like there's people I know that very, very well last year in the NFPC, very well, very, very well. And I talked to him in DMs the other day and he's like, yeah, I'm done with baseball this year. My teams are like all in last place and I can't get out of it. And I'm, I'm on the football right now. So it's like, it happens. <laughs> That's the best I can say. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't cross off a whole strategy just because it didn't work one year, basically. Long-winded way of saying it. Just because it didn't work one year, I wouldn't stop it. All right, Toby, any final thoughts as we wrap up another edition of Bubba and the Bat Flip? Oh, man, who God knows who we're going to be talking about next week on this waiver wire uh, podcast. But um, Mundo Sosa, everybody, top at quite. No, <laughs> yeah, keep grinding, everybody. Like, it's, we're, we're so close. We're so close to the end of the season. Yeah, and we'll get into 2022 talk eventually, but we're trying to finish this season. We're trying to focus on this season and getting there because, you know, Toby doesn't sleep on the weekends during Fab, and um, we, we got to make sure we, we pay off and we win. Because Toby's going to get those fifth place teams into at least the money, so it's happening. He's doing it already. I got, I've got yeah. two main event teams in the money. See, there we go. Got one high stakes league in the money. So 
for regular listeners, no, that's the, that's yeah, the for, key. for regular listeners, like a month or so ago, that was not happening. That's what grinding does, people. So uh, once he gets all these saves from Adam Adovino and um, Estevez, he's going to be winning leagues. Just watch. It's coming. Oh, man, the saves are going to be flowing, Bubba. You've never yeah. seen the type of saves that are going to be coming in on my team. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be amazing. But until next yeah. time, everybody. Follow Toby on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy. I'm at BDNTrick. We'll be back to you guys next week as usual. But this was Bubba and the Batflip, episode 94. See you all later. <laughs>